Welcome to the NASCAR Field Filler Podcast, where you can get the latest results, fantasy picks, and news every week in the NASCAR racing world. We just got one more spot left to fill, so let's give it to our host. Here he is, Vanilla Wafers. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the back of the field. This is Vanilla Wafers, and thank you for tuning in to the Field Filler Podcast. We just had our first weekend here in the NASCAR playoffs as they first started at Darlington Raceway. And let me tell you, the racing was absolutely crazy. Of course, you don't expect anything less when it comes to the Lady in Black. It absolutely delivered. There was no telling who was going to wind up in victory lane. And out of everything that happened, everything, we get a non-playoff driver getting a victory here in the first race of the playoffs. Absolutely crazy. We got a lot to dive in for that race. We also got a lot to dive in in the Xfinity races. We had probably one of the most exciting finishes of 2022 here on Saturday in this Xfinity Series race. Lots of fun between three different drivers who had an opportunity to win that race. Just what could you have asked more for from a sellout crowd? They got everything they want here this weekend. Us fans watching the race got everything we wanted. Even though maybe the Sunday races felt like it dragged on forever. Who cares? It was a lot of fun to be a NASCAR fan here this weekend. So without further ado, we got to talk about the biggest ups and the biggest downs from each and every single race. Without further ado, let's first start off with the first race of this weekend. The 24th race of the X. Fanny series here in 2022. Let's dive into the final results for the annual sports clips haircut VFW Help a Hero 200. Whew, that was a long ass name for a race. I, I was like thinking to myself, holy crap. It's still going. So <laughs> I'm going to like to hear back on that and see if I have to take a deep breath in the middle of that. But anyways, we had a total of 39 cars enter into this race. At first, we had only 38 cars, but the number 47 team jumped back into the entry list. So kind of always great to see that the smaller team still making it to each and every single race. It's been tough for them. They were able to make it in as one car failed, which was the number 13 of Chad Fincham. Very unfortunate for this team as they just had this car finished in second place the week before. Second place! And then they don't even make it in. And they had a special paint scheme. And Chad Fincham doesn't really run that many races for this team. And But when he does, they make a big deal out of it. Unfortunately, just doesn't make it through. So he misses the main event. We had five cautions for 39 laps. It wasn't really a caution-filled race. We also had a rain delay in the middle of it that lasted for two and a half hours. I, I like how I said a little bit and then immediately said, no, never mind. It was a long-ass rain delay. But we got the race back going. Thank goodness we did. And we had 10 lead changes among six different drivers. It was an action-packed race. In the end, though, it's one of the more dominant drivers in the 2022 season. From JR Motorsports, the number 9 Noah Gregson gets his fourth win of the season in spectacular fashion. Coming down to the final few laps here in this race, he is your winner here at the Sports Clips Haircut VFW Help a Hero 200. Finishing second was the number 2 of Sheldon Creed, the highest finishing rookie. Finishing third, we have the number 16 of AJ Allmendinger. Finishing fourth was the number 7 of Justin Allgaier. In the fifth spot, we have the number 17 of Kyle Larson. Finishing 6th, we had the number 54 of Ty Gibbs. In the 7th spot was the number 18 of Christopher Bell. Finishing 8th was the number 8 of Josh Berry. Finishing 9th was the number 26 of John Hunter Nemechek. And rounding out the top 10, we had the number 21 of Austin Hill. Some noticeable drivers finished outside the top 10 that we should mention. will go all the way to the 15th position with the number 1 of Sam Mayer finishing 11th. In the 12th spot was the number 10 of Landon Castle with his teammate right behind him, Daniel Hemrick, in the number 11 and 13th. Finishing 14th was the number 19 of Brandon Jones. And rounding up the top 15, we have the number 48 
of Ross Chastain. Ryan Segan, the number 39, finishes 18th place, making the cutoff line even ever so closer between him and Sheldon Creed. Then moving down the list, we have the number 78 of Brandon Brown. He finishes 29th overall in this race. Riley Herbst, unfortunately, gets caught up in an accident on lap number 55, which takes him out of the race where he finishes 34th, with Ty Deal in the 0-2, finishing right behind him in 35th. Anthony Alfredo has kind of a scarier accident on caution on lap number 51, where he finishes 37th overall in this race. Rounding out the field due to radiator issues, finishing 38th in this race. We have the number 5 of Tommy Joe Martins out by lap number 44. And that's your final results here in the 24th race of the 2022 season here at Darlington Raceway. Okay, big ups on the finish of this race. If you haven't watched the highlights yet, you gotta watch, at the very least, the last five laps. It was absolutely crazy between Sheldon Creed, Kyle Larson, and Noah Gregson. At the end, it looked like Sheldon Creed was finally going to get his victory. He was going to be able to lock himself in to the playoffs here in the Xfinity Series. And then all of a sudden, you have the number 17 machine of Henrik Motorsports coming in with a head full of steam right to the back bumper of the number 2 machine, and then chaos ensued. Just me trying to describe the finish will not do it justice because these two bumped into each other multiple times around the racetrack. One of them slid into the wall. Actually, both of them slid into the wall. Then Noah Gregson comes out of nowhere. Sheldon Creed comes back up with a full head of speed. Then they both hit the wall once again. Now A.J. Allmendinger has an opportunity to come in and steal the race but somehow some way Noah Gregson holds on to his car and is able to win the race with his right side battered as well as the number two machine with his side completely destroyed as he tried to pull the video game move it was absolutely crazy almost reminds me a little bit of the 03 Darlington race I maybe not to that much excitement but how about the 2021 race in the cup series where Kyle Larson tried to get past Denny Hamlin with a video game move Sheldon Creed was already slightly ahead of him but it was all going to come down to who had the fastest speed going out of the exit turn number four and Noah Gregson was able to do it oh just such a great race. When you see cars bumping and banging to the very end and just putting everything on the line, that's what you want out of a stock car race. You just want some pure, entertaining fun coming to the finish. It just feels like we can only get this type of racing at one of the oldest racetracks on the schedule, of course, being Darlington. Now, don't get me wrong. There was a few downs in this race. The most noticeable one I got to talk about is the incident that happened under caution with Anthony Alfredo. So, I don't know what was going on, but Anthony Alfredo was trying to get back up to the tail of the field, running at full speed, and he slams into the back of the number 26 of John Heron Nemechek. So, for John Heron Nemechek to finish in the top 10, bravo to him. He had a lot of rear-end damage from that incident, but... Anthony Alfredo just gets all this damage and now puts himself in a really tough spot to try to make it into the playoffs. He's almost in a must-win scenario at this point, but that was just absolutely crazy to see him going that fast during a caution and just blindly running into somebody. Like I, like I said, I totally understand why he was doing it, but I think NASCAR needs to uh, let these drivers know, hey, you can only be at a certain speed under caution. I don't care if you're coming up to the field or not. Because that is pretty dangerous. What if, what if um, we had an incident similar to what happened to Steve Parks uh, a couple of decades ago? I know that's a long time ago, but th that also happened here at Darlington, where Steve Parks has something that just randomly happens to his car, like something broke, and you have someone trying to catch us to the field at full speed, and then BAM! Right into his driver's side. What if that happened here? What if that happened to John Hunter Nemechek? What a terrible, terrible situation that would be. I don't know how you fix this. I don't know if they need to make more regulations on that, but 
just be glad that no one was injured in this race. And the fact that John Hunter Nemechek was able to keep running the race was shocking in its own self as he was able to finish ninth. Still shocked by that. Let's go back to a little bit more positivity here in this race. Let's do some recognition for some smaller teams. Kyle Weatherman once again finishes 16th in his number 34 car and also gets some stage points. Kyle Weatherman is a talented, talented driver. He doesn't run top equipment at all. But he somehow is able to get these cars into top 20 finishes and sometimes even top 10 finishes almost on a weekly basis. It is very impressive what he can do. I'm just hoping he gets more opportunities, maybe even a full-time ride and a slightly better team. I do understand how much help he's providing to Jesse Iwuji Racing. But at the same time, it's just like, man, he just has so much talent. I hope just one day, just one day, he can join a fairly decent team and put on some spectacular finishes. Because if he can do this with his number 34 car, as well as the number 74 car, which he used to run a couple years back, then more than likely he would be a top contender. So good job for Kyle Weatherman. Also seeing the number 45 of Stephen Parsons and Bailey Curry in the number 4 also getting top 20 finishes. And throw in Mason Massey in there as well in that number 91 machine. All these drivers well deserving of a top 20 finish. So that is always great to see. I also really enjoyed a lot of the paint schemes that a lot of these Xfinity Series teams were running. Uh, the Cup Series didn't really do this since they did it earlier this year. However, in the Xfinity Series teams, uh, quite a few of them did it. Especially the 44 and 45 team. That number 44 car just... Mm, Giving the love to the Jeff Gordon paint scheme from 2007 is just always just a beautiful paint scheme for me to really enjoy. So anytime I see that out on the racetrack, I'm just like, oh, thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you to Ryan Ellis for bringing up that paint scheme. Fortunately, he was not able to get a top 20 finish, but hey, you know what? He was still very close. Another paint scheme that I really enjoyed was Kyle Weatherman's number 34 car. That one looked really slick. But the winner has to go to Ty Gibbs and his Shriner Children's 100th Anniversary Toyota. I don't know if that was really a throwback paint scheme or not. I feel like it was either way. That paint scheme was just beautiful. That maroon with that gold and black just, ah. Oh, just a perfect car. What more can you say about the race? Maybe take away the situation that happened to Anthony Alfredo during the caution, the rain delay that lasted over two and a half hours. Other than that, spectacular race, a lot of fun, and it actually brought the playoff situation even closer for the cutoff line. Remember, their playoffs does not start until after the Bristol race. They still got two more races in their regular season. Drivers locked in right now are Ty Gibbs, Noah Gregson, Justin Allgaier, AJ Allmendinger, Josh Berry, Austin Dillon, Brandon Jones, due to the fact that all these drivers have victories. Riley Herbst looks to be in a fairly good situation as he's 112 points above the cut line with Sam Mayer right behind him, 109 points above. Then this is where it gets a little bit close as Daniel Hemmerich still has a comfortable lead over the cut line with 54 points ahead. Then you got the number 10 of Landon Castle, only 34 points. Ryan Siegen, the number 39, only 16 points. And those are the drivers currently in the playoffs as we speak. Here's the drivers who are trying to make it in. Sheldon Creek now reduces the cutoff line to only 16 points between him and Ryan Sieg so that's getting really close. Brandon Brown in the number 68 slash whatever number he's going to be running during the week he's 97 points behind as well as Anthony Alfredo who sits to the exact make points behind in that number 23 machine. So things are starting to shape up to be really close here in these final field races. It will come down to Kansas and Bristol for those drivers. Now let's move on to the main event, the one that everyone is talking about right now. The most exciting race of the weekend without Without further ado, let's dive into it. This is the 27th race of the Cup Series in the 2022 season. Time to look at the final results for the annual cookout Southern 500 at Darlington. 
Alrighty, so in this race, we only had charter cars in this race. Not too many open charter cars that are going to be running here in these final 10 races. You might have a few pop up here and there, but races like Darlington and the mile and a half tracks, we're just not going to see them out on the racetrack. So it is what it is right there. So that means everyone was able to qualify in. Nine cautions for 58 laps, a good chunk of the race, but not nearly as much as what we usually see down in the Xfinity Series or Truck Series. Percentage-wise, we had 21 lead changes amongst 11 different drivers. And let me tell you, again, throughout this entire race, we did not know who's going to wind up in victory lane and I bet you nobody hardly anybody had this person winning this race at the very least finishing in the top five how about the number 43 car back in victory lane at Darlington over 55 years since they've been in victory lane Eric Jones gets a surprise victory here for Petty GMS Racing he is your winner of the Southern 500 at Darlington finishing second we have the number 11 of Denny Hamlin the top finishing playoff driver followed by Tyler Reddick in the number 8 finishing third finishing fourth we have the number 22 of Joey Logano in the fifth spot was the number 20 of Christopher Bell finishing sixth we have the number 34 of Michael McDowell in the seventh spot was the number six of Brad Keselowski. Finishing eighth was the number 24 of William Byron. Finishing ninth was the number 45 of Bubba Wallace. Finishing tenth was the number 48 of Alex Bowman. And here's the drivers who finished outside the top 10. Finishing 11th was the number 10 of Eric Amarola. Finishing 12th was the number five of Kyle Larson. 13th, the number 12 of Ryan Blaney. 14th, the number 41 of Cole Custer. 15th, the number 23 of Ty Gibbs. 16th, the number two of Austin Sindrick. Finishing 17th, we have the number three of Austin Dillon. Finishing 18th was the number 99 of Daniel Suarez. 19th, the number 31 of Justin Haley. And then Rounding up the top 20, we have the number one of Ross Chastain. Quite a few noticeable drivers finished outside of the top 20 that we need to mention. Finishing 27th, we have the number 14 of Chase Briscoe. He finished multiple laps down to, in this race due to multiple times getting damaged. Finishing 30th was the number 18 of Kyle Busch after leading 155 laps out due to engine issues. Finishing 31st was Martin Trex Jr. He was out due to a water pump issue that eventually led to an engine issue, unfortunate for him after he led 48 laps. Then he got Kevin Harvick car caught on fire in the middle of the race. He finishes 33rd overall. And then rounding out the field, the 2020 champion out by lap number 113 spins out on his own, collects Chase Briscoe in the accident, and he is credited with the 36th position overall here in this race. And that is your final results here at Darlington for the Southern 500. Holy cow, there is a lot to uncover here in this race. But first and foremost, big congrats to Eric Jones. And I do need to apologize for Eric Jones because I said that he was not going to be a good person to go with on fantasy here this weekend. I seriously thought that. The, the 43 team has been kind of struggling here at this racetrack, even though Eric Jones has a past victory here. But everything worked together for him at the end really did surprise me so I guess from here on out we got to remember that Eric Jones kicks ass at Darlington and he's always should be considered as a driver that you should at the very least take a gamble on because my goodness what a what a great run for him led 23 laps most of that came at the end but running around the top 10 throughout the entire race just great job for Eric Jones and like I said the 43 car has had a lot of bad luck at Darlington it's only had like one other victory here, and that was back in 1967 with Richard Petty 
That's how long it's been. Over 55 years since we've seen the 43 car in Victory Lane here in the Southern 500. What a great time for that car to wind up in Victory Lane. Eight years since a petty car has been in Victory Lane. And I, I couldn't expect anything less out of Eric Jones. We know he's a talented driver. We know the skills he has. And he's finally able to get this team in Victory Lane. Oh, yeah. And by the way, I do believe that puts the win count to 17 different drivers who have wound up in Victory Lane this year after 27 races. Just unbelievable. Now let's talk about a few more ups here. Let's give a big shout out to Toyota. Toyota had some of the best cars here in this race and I really feel like it's going to be the same at Kansas. I don't know what they found here at these intermediate tracks but my goodness they are the teams to beat. There was hardly anyone who was able to compete against them except maybe William Byron. He was the only one sticking his nose in there when he had Joe Gibbs racing one through fifth. It was unbelievable. He was the only one in that mix that was separating them from potentially finishing one through fourth. But somehow, some way, they just had engine issues. This come up right there at the end. If it was the Southern 450, then Kyle Busch and Martin Trex Jr. easily in victory lane. But that's just Darlington for you. Just the unpredictability you can get from this racetrack. The track is shaped so odd, but some of the craziest oddities happen on this racetrack. It's unbelievable. So yes, Toyota does have some really fast cars at these intermediate tracks. Still, also at the same time, it's a down for the fact that Kyle Busch and Martin Trex Jr., your top two cars in this race, suffer engine issues. At the 450 mile mark, just big heartbreaker for all you Kyle Busch fans. I know people like Dalton Good, if you don't know who that is, a uh, huge Kyle Busch fan on Twitter. He was really heartbroken by this, and I, I don't blame him. I really don't. I mean, coming that close and then having an engine issue, that just shows how much bad luck this number 18 team has had. And also Martin Trex Jr., there's a reason why he missed the playoffs. He has many opportunities to wind up in victory lane, and something crazy happens to him. Maybe not to this extent, but he's had that bad luck. So, bad for those two, but for the rest of the Toyota camp, it was a really good showing. A down you gotta give, though, is to Stuart Haas Racing and the incident that happened to Kevin Harvick. So Kevin Harvick was kind of running around between 12th and 19th, something we did not expect out of Kevin Harvick. We expected a solid top seven run throughout the entire race. He did not provide that, but it seemed like near the end he was starting to find his rhythm and run near the front. And then something catches on fire. I was not sure what it was. I think it was a brake rotor maybe, maybe an oil line. I'm not sure. I'm pretty sure they did finally figure out what caught on fire but the fact that nascar took so damn long to throw that caution they didn't throw the caution until he was climbing out of that race car which is one of the most dangerous things i've seen in a very very long time by nascar i don't know if they are just so scared to throw that caution or they are really just that trigger i i don't know I don't know what's going on. They just cannot figure out the timing of throwing these cautions. But if you see a car on fire, I mean, my gosh, just throw the caution. Just throw, because that car was just ignited in flames. And also the safety crew took another additional 30 seconds to put the fire out. Just really slow performance by NASCAR altogether. So it really affected Kevin Harvick and a driver who... A lot of people suspected to finish in the top 10 is now finished 33rd on the outside looking in to playoffs this early. Now, I, I, I don't want to bring this up, but I got to give myself a little toot to the horn here because I said the three drivers who are going to, or excuse me, not three, four drivers who are going to be eliminated in the round of 16. I said the usual suspects, you had Austin Dillon, you had Chase Briscoe, Alex Bowman, who I believe Alex Bowman actually had a really good showing here. So I might be wrong on that one. But then I said Kevin Harvick. 
A lot of people were just like, man, that's a that's a shocking pick. Why would you do such a thing? He's going to make it into the round of eight minimum. I'm like, I don't know, man. I, I, I just do not believe that he's going to be finishing up front. He did have that good month of August, but what else has he really done? Now this incident happens, and this was supposed to be one of his better tracks. We'll see how he does at Kansas and Bristol, but I don't know. Things are looking in the right directions on my predictability. Okay, I'm, I'm done bringing that up. But still, Stuart Haas Racing, not really a good showing on there. Not one of their cars finished in the top 10. Eric Amarola close, but he wasn't really a factor for the most part in this race. So a down right there. Also a down to Henrik Motorsports. What in the world happened to Henrik Motorsports in this race? Chase Elliott has his incident happen. Okay, maybe that's just a random event to happen. Like, it's, it's odd for it to happen, but it does happen to the best of drivers. He unfortunately finishes 36 overall. Then you have engine issues with Kyle Larson. Somehow the dude finishes 12th in this race. I don't know how that happens. At one point, he was four laps down. Just shows you, again, craziness here at Darlington. And then William Byron was also scared about engine issues throughout the entire race. So three cars run into major problems. Alex Bowman is the only one who does it. And they just weren't really there besides William Byron. And, and near the second half of the race, he wasn't a driver to beat. He was at best a top five driver. So Henrik Motorsports really got stumped in this race, a race that they felt like they should have done really good at. Unfortunately, that this was not the case. Okay, a little bit of pessimism right here. Let's go back to the ups. And let's talk about drivers who finished in the top 10 that really did surprise us. Again, Michael McDowell. Holy crap, a sixth place finish. That 34 front row motorsports uh, just had a great season. Yes, I know they missed the playoffs. But for them to be one of those teams that usually finishes near the back for so many years, to have this many top 10s happening, I mean, well done by Michael McDowell. Used to be a field filler. Now he's a pretty consistent driver. You got to appreciate that for that number 34 team. And Brad Keselowski in the number 6. I said the number 17 car was the right car to go with. The 17 car finished two laps down. Well, he finishes in the top 10. Well done by Brad Keselowski on that one. And he was also running on pitch strategies, which has worked out into his favor really well. So overall, great performance by Brad Keselowski in that number six machine. And then Bubba Wallace jumping on over to the 45 car since they're in the owner's championship with that number 45 machine. Now, if you're wondering how are they running for the owner's championship, remember that 45 car still wound up in victory lane. And that 45 car ran all the races. So what that means is in the owner championship, you have nothing but past winners in that lineup. And Ryan Blaney, if he wins the championship, he wins the driver's championship, but not the owner's championship, which I think would be one of the first times ever in NASCAR Cup Series history where that happens. So keep an eye on that. That's why he made that switch on over. But a great run for him to be able to finish in the top 10 like that, really consistent, just Good job by Bubba Walls Again, a racetrack for a driver that I did not feel like it was going to work well for him. And then lastly, let's give a shout out to Daniel Suarez. Yes, the finish unfortunately did not end up in his favor, but he still had a good run there near the end. At one point, I think he was up to third after starting the race one lap down. It was absolutely crazy. Just everything with his back up against the wall. He's just excited to be out there in the playoffs, and he's showing it right now. He really is. And for him to finish in the top 20, just a good performance by him. He, he does need better finishes. He really does. 
But just to show how much speed that team has, he's going to probably go into Kansas as well as Bristol with a lot of uh, front momentum. And I can't wait to see what the number 99 machine can do here in the next couple of races. Overall, this race was a lot of fun. You saw a lot of craziness. You, you saw some drivers who at one point were running really good and then all of a sudden they weren't a contender for the rest of the race. One noticeable driver was Joey Logano. Led 64 laps in this race at early in the beginning and then had a slow pit stop. Never came back up to the front again. Never did. Tyler Reddick finishes third in this race, almost wins the race. At the same time, though, middle of the race, nowhere to be seen, running around 14th and 15th, and he still comes back with a top three finish. Denny Hamlin, same spot with Tyler Reddick, just came out of nowhere there near the end. Just a fun race where there was nothing but unpredictability, and I like that from a Southern 500 race. I, that's what you want in a 500-mile race, where you don't know what's going to happen throughout those 500 miles. Anything can happen, and we saw it all happen here. Now let's go to the point system right now and see where everyone sits here after the first race in the playoffs. After the first race, not one driver is locked in to move on to the round of 12. In fact, the driver who sits in the first spot the furthest away from the cut line is Joey Logano, only by 38 points, meaning not even a full race ahead. So we are still really close here. Anything can happen, but Joey Logano is 38 points above. The number 24 of William Byron is 32 points above. Denny Hamlin, the number 11, is 30 points ahead. Christopher Bell in the number 20 is 28 points ahead. Tyler Reddick in the number 8 is 23 ahead. The number 12 of Ryan Blaney sits 20 points ahead. Kyle Larson, 17 points ahead. Ross Chastain, the number 1, is 15 points. The number 9 of Chase Elliott is only 14 points. Thank goodness he had that big gap because this last place finish really cut into that. In the 10th spot, we have the number 48 of Alex Bowman, only sits 10 points above. Kyle Larson, number 18, sits 8 points above. And then the final transfer spot for the round of 12, is the number 99 of Daniel Suarez only two points above the cut line. Then here's the four drivers on the outside looking in right now. We have the number two of Austin Sindrick, two points behind. Austin Dillon, four points behind. Chase Briscoe, 10 points behind. And the number four, Kevin Harvick, he has the furthest deficit with 13 points behind the cut line. So craziness here in the first race, a great race to watch. Make sure to watch the replays. It was a really good one as we get ready to go to the second race here in the playoffs, which will be at Kansas Speedway. conclude the final results for today's episode guys thank you so much for listening holy cow as far as fantasy went here this weekend we had some spectacular showings here at darlington as we just started off the playoffs we had one person almost have a perfect score a perfect score like the most points i think you could have got was 254 points and based on what the driver scored as far as fantasy went he got 251 points are you kidding me that is incredibly awesome, and that goes to Turn Sheen. 251 points. There's a reason why he's first right now. Trying to keep up with him, but man, is it tough. But he gets first here this weekend. Second spot is yours truly at 241. I picked Austin Dillon in front of Austin Sendrick. I think that was the difference between us. He went with Austin Sendrick, and I went with Austin Dillon. I was like, oh, damn it. There's one position off, but it is what it is. And then finishing third, we have NASCAR Time IG with 232 points. Seven, or excuse me, eight people were able to score 210 plus points. Congratulations to you guys. You guys are killing it right now. And hopefully you guys didn't rely on too much of my fancy picks because there was a few that 
kind of let some people down, and I do got to apologize for that. But if you still want to join our league, you can do so at fantasygames.nascar.com for a little bit of fun. Remember, I'm doing a special little thing for the playoffs. We have it set up so we can see how many points people can score in the playoffs. And we're going to have some people here that we didn't look like they were going to be winning the overall. But since they joined a little later, they we've had quite a few people who have been scoring near the front. So make sure to join that. Again, it's at fantasygames.nascar.com at the NASCAR Field Fillers League. I'll probably give you guys a die cast. I don't know what kind of die cast, but we'll get you one for sure. Always a lot of fun to give that out to you guys. So again, fantasygames.nascar.com and join the NASCAR Field Fillers League. You can also follow me on social media, either at VanillaWafers44, where I post daily NASCAR videos. I don't know what I'm doing on those anymore. It's like it's, it's it's NASCAR therapy sessions. But I'm looking at it and I'm like, holy cow! I'm making my own little world here with NASCAR drivers. It's a lot of fun, but at the same time, it's a little bit weird. But I'm enjoying every minute of it, and it looks like you guys are too, as the viewership has been staying pretty even, but the likes keep growing and growing. So I greatly appreciate that. And then on YouTube at Vanilla Wafers, if you're not a TikTok fan, I post most of the TikTok videos there, anyways. So if you want to follow me or subscribe to me on YouTube, you. Can do so at vanilla wafers and then on twitter i post on there for the most part during the races and that's at tyler v 33 again at tyler v 33 you can also look up field fillers podcast or vanilla wafers i pop up either way but the most important thing guys is thank you so much for listening to the best and trying out all the rest i have been able to fill the last few remaining minutes of your time so i'm gonna take the car and pull it right on into pit road collect my last place winnings and i am out so you all take care this has been the Field Filler Podcast.